Hello, all, and welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watched a lot of wrestling. Uh, I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I don't really have a thing prepared to say today, but, but oh, boy, diddly, am I going to watch some more. <laughs> yep. Uh, David coming live from his phone this week. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, today... We are going to continue. Uh, we almost timed this out well because this is the 25th. A couple weeks back was the 25th anniversary of Bash of the Beach 1996, which was kind of the big moment for the NWO. But Yeah, I, I actually saw that pop up on Facebook like a couple days ago. Um, and I was like, oh, wait, this is a thing. And I stopped watching kind of when I realized what it was. So I didn't want to like, I, even though I know the story beat that happens, I don't want right. to ultimately spoil it. Yeah, you want to see it for the first time next time we do this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, we could have timed out that one of our NWO episodes was during NWO week. But alas, that's not how our schedule works. And I don't think not and I don't quite. I don't make those kind of arrangements. But yes, today we are continuing with the storyline, the, the birth of the NWO. Uh, we're two weeks from the debut of Scott Hall's um, debut. The June we're looking at the June tenth, ninety six episode of Nitro of WCW Monday Nitro, where uh, Scott Hall reveals uh, hey he has a big surprise coming. Yeah, uh, the 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 war, as it were. Um, this is this whole this whole thing. Um, feels from everything Austin's told me like it's going to be just a uh, uh an exercise in suspense um we got we 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 have it seems like it's going to be a very uh or at least a rather slow burn to what's to to kind of the big explosive reveal that WCW managed to plot of their ass for this storyline yeah, we're we are quite a bit. We're I'd not say quite a bit. We're about a month. I would say a month ish away from like the moment. But first, we got to get to oh really? This part. We got it for uh, from like the moment that people were talking mm -hmm. about. We just passed the twenty fifth anniversary yeah. of. But uh, for now, we Scott Hall is continuing to kind of be a menace, and he's swearing war and. Um, before we get into what happened on Nitro on June 3rd is the kind of like our, as our, uh, as our, um, uh, build up, um, I'll go ahead and mention, uh, some real world drama that was going on at this point in time is because, you know, while WWE might think they're, uh, excuse me, WCW might think they're cute to be like this isn't razor ramon wink wink wwe notice and so in the in the in the in betweening two weeks of this of this um at these two episodes that we're covering wwe sent them a cease and desist for scott hall because they're like what are you doing you, you, uh, you, uh, that's that kind of looks like you're using our character there on your TV screen. See, it's it's funny you mention that because I was thinking about, uh, kind of on, on the other end, uh, or he's not actually Razor Ramon, wink, wink, wink. Um, so 
and and you said something about like well that's the legal confusion argument and i was wondering if that was gonna like actually come up as a thing i guess i'm not surprised that wwf got litigious about it um but i also was wondering you know if there was a chance they that wcw was just gonna like skate by on this no there is a long Uh, long lawsuit about this it goes they they have a law they fight about this in court until the year 2000 this is the start of this because wcw's response when they got the cease and desist ignore it we're still going yeah we're not changing our we're not changing our plans on this for the moment so what was if i may ask uh what was the ultimate like decision in the year 2000 Oh, you see, I, f- I feel like I, I, I'm not ready to talk about the full lawsuit yet until we get a little later down the road. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So, but for now, I just wanted to let you in on this, is that the legal action has begun of, <laughs> of, um, uh, of WWE. They're not stupid. They know it. They know it. They know what WCW is doing. Yeah, they know what's going on here. Well, They're great. They're having none of that. <laughs> They tried. <laughs> yeah, uh, in the, but in the terms of the storyline, they don't. They're not going to quite acknowledge it yet. So, to uh, set up. So then, what happened on Nitro is because it's only one episode. I actually like went in bit by bit about this one, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and say what happened. Uh, you know, segment by segment. Uh, the show opened on June 3rd with a. <laughs> With a promo from the shark, uh, you might remember from last time he got his head force. They forcefully, uh, Big Bubba Rogers cut half of his hair uh, after yeah. he got squashed by the giant, and then he cuts this promo. And first of all, he talks about how he he didn't finish cutting his hair. His hair, his head is still half shaved, and he gives this explanation of like. He wants to be constantly reminded of the humiliation as a motivational tactic. Okay. Like when he looks in the mirror or when his neighbors give him the side eye, he wants to remember what, what Big Bubba did to him. <laughs> so, he's, so for the time being, he's got half hair. Uh, he also has announced that his name isn't the shark. He's not a shark. He's not a. He's, he he makes light of his other name too. He talks about he's not a, a not an avalanche, making light of when he was in the natural disasters in WWE. Uh, he said he, his name is John Tenta. That is his real name, and and so we he gets this whole. Uh, this is like a. I'm for serious now because I'm using my real name to wrestle. Oh under. shit, buddy! And then he beat. He has a match with Big Bubba. That he wins by count out because basically, like John Tenta does, like two moves to Big Bubba, and then Bubba's like, "Wait, I don't want this match. I don't care what happens. I'm just gonna leave." <laughs> and and he leaves. That's yeah, it. And then he leaves. And then he leaves. That's, that's the end of the match. That's how it ends. That's it. Uh, well, we also we also get up the, for himself. We get the reveal that Big Bubba has kept John Tenta's hair in his pocket for a week. Like a weirdo. <laughs> That's really weird. Yeah. So Big Bubba skirts off here because he's because he realized that actually it doesn't matter <laughs> that he did a mat that that he's has supposed to wrestle right now. He doesn't want to be here. Uh, from there, 
we get some tag team action between uh, we get the the, the uh, Nitro debut of High Voltage, Chaos and Ruckus. They're like two <laughs> muscular dudes in bright green neon. That's that's their stick, really. <laughs> and they get annihilated by the faces of fear. That's Ming and the Barbarian. I mentioned they were a tag team last time. I didn't remember their name. They're the the faces of fear. <laughs> that sounds very serious business to me. Yeah, uh, and and it's it's kind of funny because they're supposed to be the heels, but the crowd like cheers them because all they're two beefy dudes throwing people around, and they're like, "Hey, that's really entertaining." <laughs> we like. I those love the guys. crowd, dude. I love the crowd. Just the chaos element the crowd always manages to throw into shows is so beautiful, and it warms my heart. They they have a mind of their own, and they don't give a singular shit sometimes. No. Uh, and then we get a backstage promo between Sting and Luger, uh, where Mean Gene is like, "Hey, Lou, hey Lex, what you doing? What what were you doing last week? Why'd you interfere in the mat and Sting's match?" And and Luger defends himself as he's like, "He was provoked by the signers." And then and Sting he does point out that Lex kind of started it by attacking Scott, but he but but Sting sticks up for Lex. Uh, over it because as he takes that he takes the root of like he was just trying to protect me his best friend and the steiners the steiners interrupt and start yelling of and course start, and trying to start shit but sting but and then it's sting and luger so it's but this t- on this episode it will be sting and luger versus the steiner brothers for the tag team championships in the main event that's going to be interesting to see play out just because of the dynamic you told me about with uh, with Sting and Luger. Um, see if Luger's going to pull some bullshit to mess with his friend. Well, oh, no, sorry. That's the main event of this friend. episode I'm talking about. It's our, that's the main oh. event of the June 3rd Oh, episode. oh, okay. But yeah, getting. Uh, let's see. Then we had uh, Sergeant Craig Pittman versus Disco Inferno uh, that had an amusing kind of an end to it in that Sergeant Craig Pittman threatened to put uh, Disco in an in an, in an arm submission, and Disco quit. He submitted to nothing, and he he explains after the match that like if he had let Pittman put that put that hold on him, he wouldn't be able to keep doing the dance. He could have gotten injured. <laughs> Are you serious? Is that really it? Yes, that is the character motivation. Is that he would he would he wouldn't be able to do like the Disco fever move if he hurt his arm so he had to quit before Pittman hurt his arm you know it feels really weird that story beats like that exist in the same like timeline era whatever as the NWO like on one hand you have this like really gritty like realism um meta commentary storyline to headline everything and then you have really goofy shit like that and I mean, I suppose it's kind of understandable because you you also have things like Summer of Punk, which also the whole thing is a meta commentary and it's edgy and gritty and realistic and whatever. And then at the same time, you have our uh, truth accidentally convincing himself that that Jimmy Hart is little Jimmy. But mm-hmm. like this just feels on a whole other level of goofy. <laughs> no, I, I I enjoy it enough, but I'm not I'm not crazy about Disco Inferno. <laughs> Uh, then we get 
uh, Lord Steven Regal versus Jim Duggan in a match that's a complete goddamn mess. For um, first of all, we get the announcement that Sting versus Lord Steven Regal will happen at the next pay per view, the Great American Bash, uh, uh, which I will be watching solo um, as prep for the for the other for the next part of this. But that is the feud they are feuding right now, and. So you'd think that this would be a match that really puts over how how strong uh, Steven Regal is because he's facing Sting. <sighs> well, you'd think that, but you've never seen Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like I don't know what it is, but I have never seen Hacksaw Jim Duggan just lose clean. Ever. Like, he always wins or loses by some bullshit. And bullshit was had where, first of all, he had they you get interference from all three members of the of the the blue bloods, uh, uh, Dave Taylor, uh, Bob Robert Eaton, and uh, Jeeves. They all show up to interfere. Then Hacksaw decides to try to grab his fucking two by four. Because I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but he carries a two by four to the ring. And he just rah, rah, rahs with it. He's very dumb. Uh, I'm sorry. Again, hate, I hate D- Jim Duggan. Sorry. He's, he's one dimensional even for a character that is Murica. He's one dimensional even with that, even for that. But yes. so he tries to use the, the, the two by four. And that, and one of the blue bloods gets it away from him. So he starts taping his fists because now suddenly he's in the. He's recently had this new thing where he tapes his fists, and then he and it's basically like a super punch move. But don't worry, Stephen Regal is able to trick him and roll him up for a pinfall after also grabbing the tights, to, which is cheating. So all this to get Steve Regal the dub. But it's an unclean dub. No, it's about as cheap and dirty of a dub as humanly possible to create to do. You know what? British ingenuity. I'm gonna give it to him anyway. Because yeah, I agree with you thus far. Fuck Jim Duggan. Yeah, no. Uh, then Stephen Regal cuts a. I enjoyed it. He cuts this. He cuts this very funny promo. He gets another post match promo, and he starts talking, talking, da- talking down Sting, and he is like. They they show the the back they show a backstage clip from like last week I guess uh, sometime in the past actually I think I think it might have actually been one of the like WWCW's minor shows that's it I don't remember which one they have a few like BC shows that we don't watch but he like Steven Regal like backhand fisted Sting and according to Regal he got fined for that. And he and he talks about how it was a fine so great it's more than some of you pe- you peasants make in a year. And then he goes, he paid it. He t- he says that he paid double. He paid it twice. So now I'm on credit. <laughs> and I hope to God that that comes up some point. <laughs> I really hope yeah. so too. I hope like... that he does some cheap shoddy thing and is like, ah, I already paid. I pay, I'm on credit. I've already paid that fine. 
That would be great, and I really hope that actually pays dividends, because on its own, it's kind of stupid, but, uh, but, uh, like, if it actually pays, pays off, no pun intended, that would be the funniest shit in the universe, no, and, I like, no, I would the, love that. the best narrative planning and payoff on wrestling ever. <laughs> yep, that Steven Regal paid double on a fine, so that would pay off a future fine. Credit on credits, oh my god. No, it's great. Um, so then we get a a the Taskmaster versus Prince Iakea. I I don't really know how to explain his character because he doesn't. He, he's kind of a jobber at this point in time. Uh, but it, it's basically a you know make Taskmaster look great because he's on a collision course with Chris Benoit. So it's like just you know get him a win so that he looks good. <laughs> That's that's all. Increase it is. those power levels. Yep, and then him and Jimmy Hart have a promo, and Taskmaster calls out the fact that Hulk Hogan is missing, is not, is coming back soon, and he's he expresses concern because he's still keeping up this idea of the Dungeon of Doom and destroying Hulkamania, even though the whole thing has kind of fallen apart by this point. <laughs> like the Dungeon of Doom still exists, but. It's it's it barely exists, and they all look like schmucks except for the giant. So just kind of holding on. Um, but he's he's talking down Hulk Hogan, and he he says that you know soon Hogan will be back to destroy all of his enemies or something along those lines. And it's like hmm, very very relevant thing. You very in, very good accidental foreshadowing, this uh, Taskmaster. I mean, I mean, they uh, that has to be like intentional in the writing, right? No, because at this point, it was not confirmed that Hogan was gonna do was gonna do it. Wait, really? Yep, that was a last second thing that they knew for sure that Hogan was wait. gonna do it. So, so wait, wait, hold, hold, hold up. This is kind of blowing my mind. They so they had planned for it, but they didn't have Hogan on board with it until the last second. Yep. They, I think they always knew they wanted Hogan to do it, but they didn't have confirmation from him that he'll do it. Was there a particular reason that he was so hardball about it? He was scared about the concept of turning. Turning heel. Yeah, he was afraid of what that, of, of you know, that would hurt him, hurt his career. <sighs> but so he wasn't all in on the idea. There, it's been said that they were considering using Sting in his spot if Hogan backed out. That was that the Sting was the so... backup plan. I love Sting. That would have been lame as shit. It would, I'd, yeah, it, it wouldn't work the same way. Mm -mm. Anyway, so you know, and then and then he's running down. You know, he's he's talking. He's running down the Horseman because you know he's in the because uh, Taskmaster. Excuse me, he's running down the Horseman because he's fighting Benoit. Yeah. That is the next pay-per-view. Um, okay. Then we get a heck of a match between the four horsemen, uh, uh, Flair and Anderson, Arn Anderson, the Rock and Roll Express, a tag team I have never brought up on the show because he, they weren't very big in the eras that we watched. But make no mistake, the Rock and Roll Express might be one of the greatest tag teams. I actually, And we're back from our, our, our technical difficulties, as I was saying. Yeah. 
Um, I don't remember. Actually, I don't remember what I was oh, talking um, about. Um, um, let's see. We were, we were Horsemen on... and Rock and Roll. Or, Got it. Yeah, we were Rock and Roll. Rock and Roll. That yeah. Rock and Roll Express. Yes, they were big. They were big during in the territorial South, uh, in the eighties. And basically, they are one of they are one of uh, the greatest tag teams of all time. They basically, um revolutionize the the most typical style of 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 southern uh of tag team wrestling the idea the, in terms of match structure in terms of like the bad guys beating up on one member of the team to lead into the big heroic comeback moment to tag in the other guy and then he date, takes down the other two the two bad guys rock and roll express hugely popularized that formula I'm sorry. I'm just hung up on Rock and Roll Express as a title, like as a as a as a name. It, it's all oh, beautiful. Yep, it it's a good time. Uh, so horses, the Horsemen, and and the Rock and Roll Express. This is kind of a, their debut on Nitro. They get a little bit of a run here in on in WCW. It's a great match. Um, but Horsemen, uh, the Horsemen get the win after uh, Woman gives 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 an assist. And well, uh, suddenly, and suddenly, we we have another promo of uh, the Horsemen going insane. Um, <laughs> of Rich Flair going crazy. <laughs> of course. So they're talking about their match in in their the, the next pay per view against Mongo McMichael and Mean Kevin Green, and suddenly Bobby Heenan runs off to go runs off commentary to go talk to the to the Horsemen. And he offers his he all they, they try to get him to sign on as a manager. And he's like, no, no, I promise I'm not managing, I'm never I'm never managing anyone again. And Ric Flair with the incredibly hilarious line while they're turning him down, Flair's a stunt. And he goes, What about the women? What about <laughs> the women? <laughs> what? As if as if like I don't see how they're benefiting from Heenan being around, but like apparently Flair thinks it. Think of the women. Heenan, do it, yeah, you coward! But, then, but it was all a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a, a little trick because Heenan, he, he, as he walks off to be like, I'm not managing them. He comes back, he brings out this briefcase, and in the briefcase is this like trophy he has. It's for the All Madden team, is what that is. I don't know enough about pro football. I don't know enough about pro football in that sense to know what that means or what that's about, but. He swears that he has coaching experience, so he won't be their manager for their match against the football players, but he will be their coach. Sure. Why not? What? <laughs> no, it's it's kind of silly, but kind of wild. All right. Uh, yeah. Moving on. We get a, I wrote this down, Hogan ego stroking highlight video. <laughs> We get this extremely long video that kind of just shows a bunch of highlights of Hogan's career in WCW. It's just being like, I'll be back soon, brother. Like, that's that's all it is. And it's just like, really? We needed this? Okay. He's not here. He's not going to be back for a few more weeks. What? Why? They already kind of did that in the first WCW episode we watched, though. So the fact that they're going to continue to do that, why not? Yeah, it's it's much it's somehow it's even more, you know, ego stroking than what we watched last time. It's it's longer and <laughs> more annoying. Yeah, well, welcome to Hulk Hogan's career. Each ego stroke is longer and more annoying than the last. 
And it, okay, I'm going to stop myself there from making a joke. Hey, 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 I'm just saying, there's a difference between Hogan and Terry Balea, okay? That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Hogan's <laughs> ego stroke. He, Hogan's, Hogan's ego stroke is much longer, longer than Terry Balea's is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Anyway, they, we move on to Ice Train versus the Giant for the WCW Championship because apparently this is just the shtick now of like the Giant beating up bit all of the other like Hoss dudes in WCW. <laughs> As if in, in, yeah, in this, like, apparently there can be only one scenario. There can be only one large, large dude. Yeah, obviously. Duh, sure. them's the rules. So he squashes Ice Train, as in he literally wins in, like, 15 seconds. Yikes. Uh, then Scott Norton comes out to defend his tag team partner. And the Giants, like, fuck you, I'll, I'll also kick your ass. So he gives Scott Norton two choke slams, two of them, and then he leaves. And this segues into what was supposedly the next match of Scott Norton versus Hugh Morris. And Hugh Morris is like here to pick the bones because he's like, well, I'm here for my match now. And so we get a lot of him like beating down on Scott Norton and he's setting up for his finishing move, which is like, it's like a moonsault off the top rope, but he faces away. He starts facing away from his opponent and flips onto them. While he does that, Scott Norton powers up and gets out and like is there to stop him. And they try to do this really cool move. What they were trying to do is that like Hugh Morris would flip off the top rope to do his move, and Scott Norton would catch him midair and slam him. And that's how he wins. Yeah. Would have been dope as shit. Except something went wrong, and so he didn't so much as he didn't really catch Hugh Morris. More so, they just kind of light. He lightly grabbed him out of the air, <laughs> like they both kind of like they both kind of stumble and fall out of the grab move and ruin the entire thing. But Norton get so Norton just then like punches Hugh Morris in the face a few times and pins him for the win. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love a good botch. We're just getting out of here. We already botched the big ending. Let's let's just go home. Cut our losses while we can, right? Yeah. And then we get an absolutely batshit promo from me, from Mongo McMichael and Kevin Green, where Kevin Green doesn't seem to know the difference between football and wrestling. (laughs) So, like, they're putting together a game plan, and and Kevin Green, all of his suggestions are stuff that makes sense in football. He even uses football terms. He's like... All right, Mongo, what you're going to do is you're going to do a chop block. You're going to chop block him right here. And then you're going to put in a, get in a four-point stance and, and, and penetrate the line, their line. He, he, he emphasizes this is very important. They need to penetrate the horseman's line. Thank penetrate him. Thank you. Penetrate the horseman. <laughs> and Mongo McMichael's like, no, no, no. This is wrestling. This is wrestling, baby. Like, no, it's totally different. And so he's trying to teach, he's trying to teach Kevin Green how to do this. And Kevin Green is not getting it. So he's like, we need a coach. And thankfully, Kevin Green was was conveniently eating a Slim Jim during this during this little shebang. What? So Mongo Michael realizes the perfect coach for them. They need to call Macho Man. What? 
yeah, so Ric Flair's two major feuds, we're, 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 we're bringing them together. Oh. Right, we're all, that's, that's the point, is we're bringing together his two biggest feuds going at the same time. And we <laughs> did that through a Slim Jim product placement? Yes. Oh my god. Uh, then we get to our main event of the evening, uh, Sting and Luger versus the Steiners. And I'll be honest, it was a, a decent match, uh, but it would have been better if it was about, if they didn't stop interrupting to do other storylines. So like the first half of the match, the, they're not, the announcers aren't even talking about the match because they do a bit where Savage calls into Nitro to to accept Kevin Green and Mongo McMichael's proposal to be their coach. Okay. So this is the entire focus of the first half of the match. Is <laughs> is is Savage is on the phone. <laughs> sure. To be fair, it's very funny especially when he when he when Heen gets on the line with him where Heenan tries to backtrack his way like he Heenan gets terrified at the thought of Savage being the coach for the other team. Because he thinks that Savage is going to kick his ass, so yeah. he's so he's trying to be like, "Hey, don't, Macho, don't do this, don't do this." And then when Macho takes this as like evidence that he should do this because the brain, because Bobby Heenan says he shouldn't, then yeah. he Heenan tries to weasel out of getting hurt here because he's like, "Whoa, whoa, you just remember my problem's not with me. Your problem's not with me. I've I've always liked you. I've never said anything bad about you. Your problems are with Flair and Elizabeth." And then he throws Flair and Elizabeth under the bus. Which is something I've never seen Heenan do, but you know, I guess time, I guess you know, you know, right place, right time for it. Oh Save yeah, no. you got, you got, you... like, like he's like, well, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that should never happen to a to a that's that should never happen, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a real tragedy, you know, it's well, a terrible thing, yeah. terrible thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, look. You gotta save your own ass and throw people under the bus as needed. Like, like that's just the, that's just the the. Well, yeah, Bobby Heenan's heel, right? Yeah, Heenan is a yeah, man. yeah, a yeah, man. yeah. That's that's just the heel way, baby. You just gotta, you, you know, f fuck the fuck the relationships, fuck the alliances. You gotta save your own ass at some point. Yeah, the weasel gonna weasel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it doesn't work, of course. Savage completely agrees to to be in there to be the coach for oh. uh mcmichael and green so that's an, that's how that's all going down meanwhile i guess we're in the, we have a match i guess for the tag team titles whatever um where they're going and they're going and then the giant shows up because remember he and luger are set to compete for the wcw title at the next pay-per-view so first he interferes and gives a choke slam to rick steiner on the concrete that was the safest choke slam you've ever seen. Like he 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 almost he almost like sets them sets him down gently on the concrete is a closer approximation. But then he starts attacking. He he basically like pushes through the other wrestlers in the match to get to Luger, and that causes the the referee to throw the match out. So <laughs> it ends in a no contest. And the only kind of interesting story beat to that is that like eventually Sting and Scott Steiner get back in the ring and there's a three on one on the giant as if these, these two guys, they, they're, they're get their friendship is being test has been tested. The Steiners and Sting, but they're all coming together to fight the giant, you know, common enemy. Sure. And they're, and they're able to three on one, you know, knock the giant out of the ring and he, and make him leave. So 
Woo woo hoo to that, I guess. Yeah, sure. See you later, artist futurely known as Big Show. Hey. And then uh, the final, final bit is they're trying to sign off on the show. Scott Hall comes back out. He's doing his thing. He's there to antagonize Eric Bischoff. And he says a lot of the same stuff he said last time. And then, but then the interesting thing is Sting shows up to confront Scott Hall. The first man to take to take to to stand up to the to Scott Hall and the future NWO is Sting. And you know, Bischoff tries to discourage him, saying it's not worth it. Trying it's not worth talking to him. You're just gonna you're just gonna, you know, uh justify you're gonna you're gonna, you know, it uh, interacting with him, you're you're giving him credibility. Some to that to that sense, but Sting is Sting decides to lay down the law of being like you don't belong here, and you keep talking about you know you bring your three best and he, and, and Scott Hall's like yeah yeah and he's like well I don't see two people with you all yeah. that's here right now is you and me so why don't we settle this one on one right now mm. and then Scott Hall uh, is like nah I'm good. Uh, we're going to do this on my time, <laughs> not yours. And then he says that he's got a big surprise. He signs off by saying he's got a big surprise next week. Of course he does. Of course he does. Yes. That brings us to the end of our, of the June 3rd episode of Nitro. So the, the stage has been set. We'll be watching the June 10th, 1996 episode of Monday Nitro. If you would like to watch this episode, then you can look at peacock.tv. Uh, excuse me, peacocktv.com. I say that wrong every time. I want it to be a .tv because that's Tubi. Is yeah. .tv. But peacocktv.com in the WWE section. It is or on the WWE network uh, if you are if you are outside of the US or cool with using a VPN. Hmm. It, it is $4.99 a month for ads, $9.99 a month without ads on Peacock, and the WWE network is $99 a month. Uh, you can also scour the interwebs for the June 10th, 1996 stuff on Nitro. Uh, the uh, I've, um, I'm being t- I've been tight-lipped about it on this episode, but the like the big thing from this episode is easily you you can easily look that up. Yeah. on YouTube or something. That's another one of those like historically important moments that gets brought up all the time. Yeah, I feel like I like a, a lot of these matches I feel um you're able to find on YouTube decently easily. I've said this before and I I'll stick by this. I'll, a lot of times I'll just like randomly look up some of the matches Austin mentions or the matches that we watch mm-hmm. and I can find a lot of them on YouTube easy. So worse comes to worse if you just search up the day of this broadcast plus you know wcw nitro you could probably find a lot of it yeah you can kind of piece together a a good enough approximation of the episode uh but until then see you guys in the back half when we talk about it yee and we are back we have just finished the june 10th 1996 episode of wcw monday nitro you know this episode I really felt like this wasn't a story about any of the wrestlers in the ring, per se. I felt like this was a story of Eric Bischoff and, and, uh, uh, um, um, fuck, fuck, 
What the Bobby <laughs> Heenan? And Bobby Heenan. Jesus. Heenan was going hard. It was mostly a story about Bobby Heenan this entire episode. Heenan was having like a moment this whole time. Is he okay? Is is does he need he's, to talk to somebody? He Heenan's always like that. Yeah, but like he seemed to really be going off this week. He's got some like he's got some money on the line, as it were. Um, and I mean that might seemed- literally be the case. He 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 didn't bet on literally bet on Flair before. Oh well, unfortunate. Um, but like, but yeah, I I just the the, the just as a general thoughts on this episode, like. The matches all were good. They're they're well, okay, not all were good. But for the, yeah, but my the matches God. were the matches on a whole were diverting. And I had a decent enough time watching them. But the entire time I was just sitting there listening to Bobby Heaton aggressively lose his shit out of some like desperate attempt to cope with the whatever pants crapping terror he's feeling over having to face down Randy Savage's coached team. The copium is very real right the now. The copium is so real. Oh, and the entire time, Bischoff's just going like, oh, come on, man. Now, and the both heel announcers were absolutely on, on something tonight. Yeah. You got yeah, Zabisco I, in the front half. Yeah. He was he was really going off. And and Heenan in the back half was really going off. I was really I was really feeling the the uh the the moral tug of war between all the announcers tonight, I have to say. Yeah. More than no. usual, I think. Very combative night at the announce desk. Is there a particular reason why? I don't know. I mean, I guess they were just I don't know what Zabisco was going on about because he's not generally involved in storylines. No, but... Zabisco Zabisco was like Zabisco was pulling some Jerry Lawler level reaches here of like just every like little gotcha he could get on the um on on the faces while um every like you know excuse he could pull out of his ass for the heels all just thrown out there in some sort of word jumble. It was it and, was kind of he, embarrassing. Honestly, he, I was like you're Poor Zabisco, is he? He does not. He he is. He's a very repetitive heel commentator. Should if you try to play a drinking game with the amount of times he calls Mongo McMichael Dumbo, you might die. Yeah. He's only on the show for an hour. <laughs> and and the best part is both face commentators the entire time are just like, oh, come on, you. Don't yeah, w- say WCW that. Like, yeah, WCW has like two face commentators that don't put up with bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, they they and they're just like they're just like oh come on like like they're just they're just pushing back. So that was my big takeaway just off the bat from this episode was like man, commentary was just having a really a really rough night tonight. Like somebody got up on the wrong side of the bed multiple somebody's got up on the wrong side of the bed and we're all just making it each other's problem tonight huh yeah yeah uh, <sighs> so I guess if this episode has an a plot it would be the drama with the horseman stuff what? Which... oh god okay it's I don't know why they decided that Deborah McMichael needed to be an on-screen character <sighs> but hey. Pain, okay. nothing but pain. Yeah, okay. 
So we start with after the first match of the show uh, where Scott Steiner beat Booker T. Nice, nice, fun match there. And then Steiner was getting interviewed by Mean Gene Okerlund. And then out of nowhere pops Deborah McMichael, who is the wife of Steve McMichael and the person that Ric Flair keeps insinuating he's got he's gonna have sex with as part of this thing with Mongo. Yeah. Why? Why? So Deborah Deborah pops up for out of nowhere. Like she just kind of appears like, and she's like, she, she, she interrupts this interview because she just really has to talk to mean Jean right now. And like Jean was getting work all night long. I don't know why she needed to do this now. Jean, Jean was another, like another, like surprising standout personality of this episode too. Cause he was really invested in this storyline. Partially th- via Deborah. <laughs> yeah, Mean Mean Gene. Mean Gene is a pretty is one of the more you know per have personality bigger personalities that have that backstage interviewer role. And he he got he got plenty of time to show off tonight. Yeah, I, I mean this is the most I've seen him actually like engage as a character rather than just be like, oh, yes, well. That is that is certainly a thing you can say. I don't know how I feel about it, but that that that's a, that's certainly a most interesting quote. He's actually kind of interjecting himself here, and honestly, mm-hmm. good for good for you, buddy. I'm glad to see you standing up for your principles. Yeah. So so Deborah shows up, and she's she's here to hand ring about the dangers of 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 uh, her husband Steve McMichael and Kevin Green getting in the ring with the Horsemen. That's a real running theme that like that they, they, they're putting their football, especially Kevin Green, who's who again is still an active, like all pro level football player at this point. Mm-hmm. He's really putting his career on the line to fight Ric Flair. And, like <laughs> and she's just like, and Deborah's just like, I, I don't see why we have to fight over this. Uh, this being the, the part where, Ric Flair insinuates he wants to have sex. He's going to have sex with me. That part. We don't yeah. have, I don't see how we got to fight. Why, why can't we just talk it out? Which, oh, uh, oh, I see you're new. I see you're new to this. I see. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you've never watched wrestling without telling me you haven't watched wrestling. <laughs> yeah. oh, we'll God. just talk out our differences and that'll be the end. Yeah. We'll have a rat. We'll sit down and have a rational conversation. Fuck you. <laughs> no. <laughs> So oh she the interview is is not great because Deborah McMichael isn't very good at this. I'm not surprised. She's not a performer in any capacity. She's doing but, her best, but oh she's, she's trying, but like, oh man, it's not oh, working. Buddy. Mean Gene has to carry her through this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about having him be such an invested character in all this, is that he like he gets to show off that he's like good enough on commentary that he 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 can carry even some pretty bad performers through their through their promo cutting he's like he's he's good at like prompting them and what have you <laughs> oh yeah yeah he's very His charisma good at- more than makes up for her lack thereof yeah he's he's very good at prompting people to start giving answers <laughs> he was looking for um mean. so they go they go backstage and you know he he tries to set up a conversation with Bobby Heenan, who is the, again the coach of the horse. Uh, 
and and of and of course Heenan is he's, he's an asshole about it. He is losing his shit again. Is he okay? No. No. So they he he dra- he takes uh he takes Deborah into the locker room with the four horsemen. And they're not in there but 5 seconds. Like it it's it's very like Heenan shuts the door on Mean Gene so they can't see what's going on in there. And Mean Gene tries to like hears a scream immediately and tries to like hear what's going on in there and then suddenly she Deborah busts out and right um I I did make a joke to David that there was a non-zero chance that Ric Flair whipped his cock out and to be fair I stand by that no I don't disagree with that 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 sounds like a thing Ric Flair would do it's a thing Ric Flair literally did in real life that's oh. why I made the joke that oh, way. Oh no. He's done that. He's pulled that move before. That's why oh, I said Oh no. Ricky. Funny. Anyway. anyway. So Rick Flair comes chasing her out of the <laughs> locker room. Here. Am I right? <laughs> hmm? More like Dick Flair, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> chases her out of the locker room and for some reason their opponents for the evening joe gomez and the renegade they hype up that this they hype this up for a bit beforehand they they're there for some reason and so flair and anderson decide to just kick the shit out of them. and they do and that is apparent and apparently they were both sent to the hospital so they need a replacement and that that pays off into the main event of the evening where somehow this means that they get a world tag team championship match with sting and luger as a replacement yeah sure i guess if if that's if that's what works for you i don't sure. know why sting i don't know why sting's volunteering himself twice in an episode but whatever yeah, you see, you see, i believe that part is it, it does Sting tend to go hard like that? I see him as the kind of like baby face. He'd be like, "Yeah, take on all challengers. I'll do it. I'll fight yeah, again." That's and, fair. I, it does. It it does kind of crack me up. Between his two matches, he does not touch up his makeup. Um, no, nah, you got got to. He's got to let it continue to run off his face. Yeah, I don't get why that's like a thing for him. I know I'm like, but like. Dude, just put some powder on it. Why? Why is it a thing that you let it run? Isn't the whole point of the face paint to like you know have it on? What can I tell you, man? He does this. He's never changed at this. He is wait he's, seriously. His face, always, his face paint has always been like this. Even even like nowadays, yeah, big still- edgy heel sting where he's got like the full face black and white. It's oh, he's he's not heel. He's never heel. Oh. I thought he, I, emo, just the way you described him makes him sound like he's heel. Nah, emo boy Sting is still a babyface. Oh well, okay, well, well. It's either way, 
full face, black and white, everything, it still runs? Yep. Yep. Why? Is it like a metaphor? If it is, I, I don't know. I I don't I don't know if I believe it's a metaphor because I feel like rest I feel like uh wrestling is the as a writing trope is the personification of I know writers who use subtext, they're all cowards. <laughs> Metaphors are for losers. Get that shit yeah. out of here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we'll cover the main event later, but that is the the oh, the arc of the night of Deborah McMichael with the yeah. arc of the night here. Which, like, why would that be putting her husband's career on the line? Like, 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 maybe it could be that he gets too hurt to keep playing, I guess. But like, it doesn't quite. I maybe this maybe I just was paying attention badly, but but it almost didn't quite sound like she was as worried about him getting like you know career endingly injured as it was like she was worried about him just getting like disgraced out of his trade if he lost yeah i'm not following this i'm not really following the this is like mortal danger <laughs> aspect yeah. they're they're trying to sell it that way to make them i guess to kind of add a little dimension to their to the football players here and kind of sell the idea that like football players shouldn't be getting in the ring with real wrestlers but you know like <laughs> I know the danger of wrestling, and I also know the danger of Ric Flair's style of wrestling in particular. He's gonna be fine. He'll be, yeah, seriously. Ric Flair is not a he. He's not exactly a a, a, an, a Pentagon Junior, as it were. He's nah, he, he's, he's, he's a little a, more tame a, than that. He's not a Stone Cold Killer, all right. He's fine. He's he, like, again. Tell me you've never watched wrestling without yeah. telling me you've never watched wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, him and Arn too. Neither one of them are wrestlers that like they don't do a bunch of dangerous moves that I could believe. Like, oh shit, they might end somebody's career with this. Like, no, nah, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's always fine. If they lose, then like they'll they'll probably be hurting, but their their careers will be fine. Don't worry about it. The their their egos will probably be more damaged by getting yeah. their ass kicked by a pompous preening jackass like Ric Flair. Yeah, more than their physical bodies, but yeah, you know, whatever, whatever he sells the story, at least I just don't like yeah. they brought Deborah into it to do it because, uh, oof, it was so stupid. Oh, god, and that was like the V plot thread of the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't, this, this episode didn't feel like particularly like strong to me story wise. Um, no, it was, it was a, a very story light episode, and I feel like that was probably a situation where they're looking at it as the the next pay per view, uh, the Great American Bash, is six days from this episode. This is the last episode before that, so they seemed a lot more focused to being like, "Hey guys, here's the here's the stuff that's going to go on at the Bash. Here's the storylines for that." Than they were like making story progressions. You know, maybe it's like, a little early in the episode for me to be saying this, but I almost feel like with W, at least with WCW thus far, it feels like the 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 NWO stuff is the real big, big, big cool shit about this, um, and that's like the super compelling everything, and then everything surrounding it is just kind of like it's it's like passable but it's so propped up by the fucking nwo framing that it all just gets like 
elevated in the in the history. You could argue that. I don't know. Uh, that that is that I will say that. I will say. I will say. I will say. It comes and goes, and how much that happens. I will say. I and I will also say this is this is less an objective like summation of the era as it is. I'm two episodes in, and like neither episode has like particularly impressed me except the nwo shit has been really 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 cool um yeah so like so that maybe i mean that's just me kind of throwing in my own two cents as two episodes in again the noob talking out his ass here but that's kind of how it is for me so far because like this episode each almost every match was 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 pretty was pretty darn it was it was good it felt like it felt like wrestling that if it were like translated into you know if 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 it were airing in you know modern day i could throw it on on a lazy night and just kind of like vibe to watching it and it'd be and it'd be mm-hmm. great um and then there's the nwo stuff to like really prop up the experience for me um but that's that's kind of like that that's kind of it for me so far so far yeah, uh, I th- I think that I think this is definitely a low period of WCW right now. Before, ex- with the exception of the NWO stuff, stuff is mm-hmm. more. I think there there are definitely periods where stuff is more compelling outside of that. I mean, it almost makes sense, right? They, it, 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 they have to be blowing their load on the the NWO stuff because, like, that's that is their era defining thing, like. Holy shit! And WCW like like redefined the landscape by pulling this NWO crap. Like they they did something really bold, really daring, really original. Um, and so of course you're gonna focus like your very best resources into making that shit work. Um, above all else. Yeah. Um. It's like right now, like it feels right now. It feels like there's like three storylines going. It is like Luger Sting. Oh, four, excuse me. Uh, Luger Sting, which is kind of on hold for the moment because Luger is busy with the giant. That's the second one. And I don't even think that's particular. It's not the most compelling work. It's very, it's, it's especially as someone who's had to watch in between episodes. It, we're we're doing the same stuff all right yeah like i mean that, Sting, sting's super problem. talented luger is mm-hmm. luger is technically proficient um you know the they they do good they do good work but are like super mind-blowing compelling you yeah they're luger and sting is has better stuff later but mm-hmm. Yeah, Luger and the Giant. It feels there's like as I said, there's it's a very one note at this point in time. It's very mm-hmm. much Giant beats up people, tries to beat up Luger too. I and, will say, I know I'm biased toward Big Show. I just enjoy him so much, but like I like the Giant stuff. It's just fun to watch him stomp around and just kick people's ass and scream for Luger. I don't know. Yeah. that's one of those like simple <laughs> pleasures that for me. I don't I like I'm not compelled by it, but I'm like, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh then everything going on with Ric Flair is the most consistent driving plot fo- going on right now. Ah, Christ. Which, which I think it's I think it's pretty decent. 
Um, no, it is. I'm having I'm having fun with it, but it's like uh, you know, uh, middle lower where what give more stories to other people, and then you have the the NWO stuff. Yeah, and which, I mean now you now you have the Horsemen going on too. Yeah. Well, the or, horse- or, yeah. Well, well, yeah. It, it, I mean, is that, that I guess that's roped in with Ric Flair now? Is yeah, like, it's all part of the Ric Flair like orbit of storylines that all yeah. revolve around that all revolve around having sex with women. Ric Flair women. is the son. <laughs> oh God. Um. But yeah, I. Um. I mean, I mean, the Ric Flair stuff. I I enjoy. I enjoy well enough, and it's cool to see. Um, it's cool to see Savage get kind of brought in on it. Um, mm-hmm. as, uh, I mean, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice little stroke, right? That, that, that in the, uh, as silly as it is that, you know, the NFL guys were snacking on Slim Jims and all of a sudden, oh, wait, you know, who'd make a great coach for yeah, us? Get and Savage. Of course, yeah. And, and of course they bring in Savage who, you know, definitely has some beef with Ric Flair, um, you know, the little but like not Slim Jim beef, like, not Slim Jim. True. True. We must be clear. It is not literal beef. We're talking about here. Not, not, mm-hmm. not the, not the, not the dried jerky stuff. No, but, um, um, I mean, it, it's kind of silly. It's kind of like fun, silly that, mm-hmm. um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, it, it's fun, silly that, that, um, fun, what was I saying? That the, the 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 randomness with which they called in Savage, even though Savage like very much has something to do with this storyline, like yeah, it's like it's it's simultaneously um like serendipitous and like totally on purpose. I, yeah, kind of a fun little paradox there. Yeah, it's very it's very fun. It's, it's they their reactions to Savage walking into the gym was kind of hilarious because it's like, didn't you call him here? Why are you acting like? Yeah, Savage. Woo, I mean, to up. be like, to be fair, even if I called Randy Savage to be like, "Yo, train me to wrestle," when he actually showed up in the dojo, I'd be pretty fucking starstruck. To be fair, eh, I'd be like, fair. "Yeah, Savage." No, but yeah, the, there's just not there's no, on that end of the storyline. There's not a lot of progression there. Not from this. Not the same as last week with the whole like penetration get savage thing um this week there this week savage is just like hyping him up like but we otherwise don't really see anything new from them oh my god and then i i guess let's go ahead and just talk about the nwo stuff for this week before we just like quickly cover through the matches yeah um i mean the nwo stuff for the week is pretty reserved to the end right yeah, they, it's like they did last week. Yeah, where they where st- where Hall only showed up at the very end of the show, which yeah. is kind of which is kind of smart in that way of like that's clearly the most interesting thing going on right now. Put it at the end so everybody has to sit through the whole show for it. Yeah. Plus, plus it plus it's a great moment to kind of end the show on. Oh this my god! Yeah. Like, oh shit! What's gonna happen? Yeah. What's and, going and, on? I mean the the Bischoff. Bischoff plays really well. Like, like there, there's kind of this silly element to it where, where he's Bischoff selling the his like fear of Hall a little cartoonishly. So you're kind of mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you know, this is obviously like a thing. Um, but it is, it, it, it is like you know, at least in a vacuum, it does make for some really great content. I love 
the I love the dynamic of Bischoff being kind of exasperated with the fact that Hall's back and Hall just continuing to be smug about it. But then each time he has some new new thing to actually like, you know, throw Bischoff off his balance a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah, the first time him just showing up, then then he did it again. But Sting showed up to confront him, and then this time, good old Kevin Nash, uh, not Diesel, to be clear, totally yes. not Diesel, totally not Diesel. To be, to be fair, it's much easier for them to get away with that argument with with Nash because yeah, Diesel, does, Diesel doesn't have the same distinct mannerisms that that Ramon Razor Ramon does. Yeah, I have to say, like, that's that they could have saved themselves a lot of legal trouble if they just, like, weren't getting Scott Hall in on this. Because, like, it's so it's so easy to just, like, very much make it that these characters are distinct or at least not direct ripoffs of their WWE counterparts when the characters are just, like, you know, generic strong dude who's kind of aggro. But with Scott yeah, Hall, who's literally just doing a fucking Scarface bit, all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> They're ripping us off. Yeah, like Diesel obviously is a cartoony name to that, and then coming out to the truck horns. But in terms mm. of his like mannerisms and actions, a lot of it is just similar to Nash as a person. So yes, it's super is. easy to play that off. I mean, what Ra- Razor Ramon was a cartoon character. <laughs> yes. Like it if 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 Scott Hall's doing remote Razor, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very clear. It, you know, it, it'd be like, it'd be like getting Mick Foley out there doing literally any one of his personalities, right? Like, yeah, and, and then trying not. to claim he's not ripping off a character, one of the characters. Yeah, just like, say, really? I'm, I'm just Mick Foley, guys. Yeah, it's like, really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, it's not, not, not buying that at all. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, the cool thing, the cool thing they do at this moment is, um, they have, um they you know bischoff's kind of taunting uh taunting scott hall and saying you promised a surprise where is it you know you're all you you said you said three guys i only see one of you you're all bark and no bite buddy um and then again kind of like what we kind of like how i said for the under the last uh the last new generation episode we did it was almost kind of this like dora the explorer thing of like scott hall starts pointing behind bischoff and bischoff's like what what i'm right here uh i'm right here what are you why are you pointing why are you pointing man and you know of course Mm -hmm. the camera slowly starts to pan right and we see diesel pardon me kevin nash waltz into frame and just kind of crossed his arms and well bischoff still playing dumb for another like 15 seconds oh Um, yeah he like he like really just kind of assume he he really plays dumb on that bit of like of him clearly pointing behind him and doesn't even consider turning around i'm pretty sure nash has to get his attention (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's it, he literally like snaps or something, which like mm-hmm. you're play, okay. You're you're playing into it a little hard there, Bischoff. But sure, um, yeah. And we get but, we but get Nash's is, famous line uh, on this promo God. of of uh, Nigos. This is where the big boys play, huh? Well, look at the adjective play. <laughs> we ain't here to play. And I didn't even know it was a famous line. I just kind of like when he said that I leaned into the mic, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a verb, Kevin. Yeah. In one of the most infamous botches in wrestling is him (laughs) saying, look at the adjective. Look at the adjective. Play. Oh my 
week. Come on. It makes me so happy, honestly. No. I I love I loved that. It was so good. Honestly, I love the whole I loved the whole story, the whole thing from Nash, who did oh, a great yeah. job of, of building off of Hall's Hall trash Hall's trash talk. But man, no one remembers that shit. Everyone remembers looking at the adjective. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, yeah, no. I mean, the whole the whole promo is great. There's something so iconic about um about uh, uh, Nash showing up and, you know, another member of the NWO comes into place. Um, I mean, I mean, there's just something magical about the story, even for someone like me, who's not, you know, of the era and, you know, relatively new to the politics of this entire period. There's still, I can tell there's something just magical about the fact that he's showing up. Partially because the audience is losing its shit. Um, oh, yeah. The fans are really into this. What's, what's, what's really interesting to me about the fan reception here is that they, they don't treat Hall and Nash like heels. Um, they're, they're effectively like just acting as almost like an extension of WWE fans who are just losing their shit. Cause all oh, our boys are here to, you know, crusade into WCW. It almost makes me kind of question like where the WCW fans loyalties lie. Yeah. Um, I'm sure sh- I-, I wasn't going to bring this up until deeper into this NWO storyline, but if you look at the modern concept of like a heel that the fans like the cool heel, if you will, Mm-hmm. The the NWO is very very uh, emblematic of that, and that's and you can and if you and you could argue that was part of the problem of the the NWO were the people were the ones that everybody liked, and they're supposed to be the good guys, but and they're slowly kind of taking over the program because they're the most popular guys there, but they're supposed to be the bad guys. Yeah, I mean. I, I again I don't I don't want to get get rid of I don't want to like preempt any of your like talking points for later down this this rabbit hole um but it does from what I hear seem like as I'm sure is it partially thanks to that specific phenomena you just laid out uh it seems like the NWO kind of comes to a point where it like starts to overplay its hand and gets really bloated um just because they're really banking off the early success yep. of the concept yes so this, that's that's a very accurate summation of how that storyline played out yeah okay but like I that's I mean that's the danger you always have with the fan perception acting as a variable in any of these sorts of storylines. Again, we saw this with Summer of Punk. Um but no matter how much that taints things later on, it is always super cool in the moment to just have like the roof fucking exploding when these early moments happen and it's just blowing the fans damn minds. Oh yeah, there. I don't want to criticize the current moment of that to, to talk about the issues of that in a long term sense because I feel yeah, like absolutely. It's, it's I feel like that's your responsibility as as a person who's creating these shows to like work around that problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. Uh, which for some reason wrestling writers seem real seem really uh, to struggle with. 
Uh, if I know if I know one thing about wrestling bookers is that they're very good at adapting. <laughs> okay. Not. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. He say he says with a very sincere face. Uh, God. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So so yeah. Kevin Nash shows up, and they're just they're just shitting on Eric Bischoff. And oh, it's you know. so it was it was so good. It's like. Where's your three guys, huh? You ain't can't find a paleontologist to get to make sure those fossils are cleared. You don't I got have enough to say, cleared. like, Bischoff was kind of dressed a little paleontologist y. Uh, this I episode. see that. He's got, he's got like the jacket little, on. He's got a, he looks a little like Dr. Grant. He could, yeah, he could do some Jurassic Park work here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you don't got enough players not on dialysis on the dialysis machine to field a team. God. Um, and of course, no, Bischoff's was... like, uh, 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 yeah, uh, no, no, no problem, boys. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I can, I can see about getting, getting you, getting hooked up with a match. I'll see what I can do. Absolutely, I'm gonna be in the offices tomorrow, actually, and and in six days, I'll, yeah. I'll get. I'll get you a fight if you, if you want to show up and fight. I'll get I'll get it for you. He's just he's just scared shitless and it's great. Yeah, he's really he's 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 he's, he's kind of scrambling. You can kind of sense he's scrambling to like yeah, come no. up with an answer here because because suddenly now it's not just one asshole. Now it's like yeah, and, and and he knows if he says the wrong word, it's always going to be these two guys just like you know unaliving him. Yeah, like. Nash showing up, I think, does a lot to kind of legitimize what Hall is, but was trying to do those first two episodes. Because you know it, com- it comes, you know, it com- like when it's just Hall, it it can it, if it had kept going longer, then it would have just come off like some like jackass trying to disrupt the show. But now that there's two of them, it feels like what Nash's Hall is saying actually has weight. This idea of like a fight in a war and an invasion like that it feels like it's more than just one guy trying to stir up shit yeah it's it, he's he's actually like oh wait he's actually got some legitimate legitimacy behind this he's got compatriots oh no he's got he's got a follow through and it's mm-hmm. like oh shit i guess i gotta take this more seriously now <laughs> whoops mm-hmm. uh i played i you know i he, he's like he's like well i didn't plan for this one uh yeah okay yes gonna meet the demands or else uh yeah. so yeah um absolutely it was it was it was a great moment um mm. really really gratifying to see um kevin kevin nash make a surprise appearance where he actually like has a positive impact on the story yeah 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 and and, and good call to like debut them separately like i think oh, that absolutely. was a good idea yeah yeah, no, again, I mentioned the slow burn in the first half, and I think that's absolutely mm-hmm. true. Like, it does allow for an air to build up, like you said. You know, at first, Scott Hall shows up, and he's is this big, crazy surprise thing. Like, what is Razor Ramon, not Razor Ramon, doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, everybody gets t- gets a chance to process that. And then, you know, we allow that some time for Bischoff to be like, okay, now you get out of here, you're full of shit. Your bark's worse than your bite. What are you? What are you gonna do, really? And then Kevin Nash shows up, and it escalates the threat. And all of a sudden, oh, this is actually like gonna be a thing. And oh boy, he actually has the power to recruit people. And what's gonna happen from here? So it, yeah. it's got a nice pacing to it, I think. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reveal: two men down. Um, 
when will we get the third guy? Uh, I already know when, but this, that, that's a well, rhetorical question-ish huh. because uh, we know where this goes. Isn't it great to be able to see the future? <laughs> A.K.A. live in the future and, and just yes. you know, have the power of the internet. <laughs> great. But yeah, so that's 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 kind of that's where we're at now. Is now there's two guys, but they keep saying th- they keep asking for three. So you know that becomes the question: is who is the third man? Who is the third man? It's mm. I wonder who it is. Who it's could such it a be? mystery? Uh yeah. Um, so yeah, good good shit all around. Absolutely. Yep. So let's just go ahead and run through the matches then because of mm-hmm. what we've already got, we got left here is I mentioned Steiner and Booker T, you know, good match. Oh, it was, very, that was, that uh, was, that was really quality. Uh, mm-hmm. Booker T was like weirdly cat. Like I noticed he does a lot of shit where he ends up landing on his feet where you wouldn't imagine he would. Yeah. This is, this is, this is like Booker T kind of bulks up over the course of his career. Like this is, this is him at his most nimble and, 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 and life. <laughs> <laughs> and he it play he plays it well like they they play it as the they play it at, they play it the, very basically of like Booker T while he is pretty strong dude you know he's no Scott Steiner <laughs> in comparison <laughs> Scott Steiner is built like a built like a brick house yeah so seriously he's, much, he's got like the perfect you know Dorito uh, uh Dorito ratio on Dorito him, body everything. yeah 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 so it's very much like. You know he can't quite go power for power, but he does. He is faster than 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 Steiner. But of course, the problem with Steiner is also he's not is that he was a legitimate amateur wrestling talent. So like he can also win technical wrestling besides being able to just like throw you around. <laughs> yeah. Um. Despite despite what his um promo cutting may say about his intellect he's actually got a decent brain for strategy and i did appreciate throughout the match like they the, the commentary is talking about like they're strategizing against each other and i can't remember all that i can't really remember it off the top of my head but they they are like pulling these little like tricky maneuvers on each other and seem to be able to like um um uh bounce off you know the other's momentum uh you know use use each other's own kind of strength and speed and what have you against against them yeah, it really feels like two wrestlers who like who have know know each other and have done the homework, and mm. so it's a very evenly matched back and forth kind of kind of a match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I Booker T just from what I've encountered of him is a personality in wrestling I hugely respect for just how dedicated he seems to the craft, endlessly dedicated to the craft, and mm-hmm. and even in his early days, the fact that he's showing it off this well is 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 awesome. It was super cool. I I I enjoyed the hell out of it. Just anytime yeah, yeah. he pops up, I get a nice little smile on my face. It's fun. It's fun getting to watch like pre-crisis uh, Scott Steiner and pre-crisis Booker T. <laughs> pre-crisis. I like. I like the term for the, I... uh, early <laughs> versions of wrestlers. Nerd. Yeah. Oh my god. So yeah, Steiner gets the win because because uh, you know is uh, Booker T goes for a big move off the top. But he misses, and Sky, Steiner it. just picks him up and suplexes him over his head, and it's like, yeah. "All right, uh, yeah. I'm winning now." And commentary is like, "They're both so fast." Yeah, it was the and it was the Pet Boy Power Pin of the Week. Yeah, even though even though it was the it's first the first match, you know, bold, it's, it's bold the first claim. Pin of the week. 
Yeah. Bold yeah. claim. And I, I think they got ended up getting it right, but you know, still bold move. Yeah, that was that was probably like the most like technically enticing match to watch, I think. Um mm-hmm. from the get-go, they really, they really uh uh kind of played the good shit early. Yeah. And then um next match was DDP with his knockoff Nirvana song. <laughs> Uh, legally distinct smells like teen spirit <laughs> and uh, taking on uh, Jim powers, who is a guy. <laughs> I don't, really, I don't really have anything to say. I don't really have anything to say about Jim powers at all. <laughs> is, is, is he a jobber or is he legit? legit? He's probably as close to a jobber as you're going to get. Okay. On this show, like I don't, I don't think he's a proper jobber. I'm pretty sure he's won matches before, but you know he's not important even a little he's bit. He is unimportant. Important. He is here to lose to DDP. Yeah, yeah, he's here to do his damn job. Yep. Get hit with the diamond cutter. Yeah, DDP was fine, I guess. I wasn't. He's not wasn't really doing in- anything. He's not really doing anything right now. I I accept that. Mm-mm. Yeah, I wasn't super invested in that match. I was just kind of like, okay. Again, I could throw it on the background, just kind of slouch down, cross my arms, and be like this. Maybe fold some laundry while I'm watching or something and be like, yeah. 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 Like, they're, like they're, they're trying to, like, they're trying to kind of have it both ways with DDP and that, like, they're hyping him up as having won the Battle Bowl, calling him the Lord of the Ring. But then they also did the storyline where they stripped him of having the actual title match. So it's like he did, he has no real direction right now. So he's just kind of winning matches. It does kind of delight me that they're making a Lord of the Rings reference, you know, in the in the 80s before, you know, the film trilogy blew up. Like, it was still enough of a thing and a recognizable enough piece of pop culture. They were still saying that shit even then. Oh, yeah. They, they can make a, make a call someone the Lord of the Ring like they don't know what they're doing there. Yeah. Um. So, D- yeah, it was fine. Diamond, yeah. DDP gets the win. Um, Naturally. I don't know if I, I don't know if I remember the promo stuff. I mean, I don't. I remember who had promos, but I don't really remember what order when that was. They happening. weren't super memorable. No. Aside from Sorry. the aside from the 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 McMichael stuff. Yeah, like uh, Big Bubba had a promo where he was cutting up the hair that he's been holding on to for two weeks. Great. <laughs> Why? Why are we that. so fixated on the hair? I don't get it. Yeah, I I don't know why they've made this whole storyline about hair. Hopefully they have they have a hair versus hair match. Like that's I hope that's a match they're about to have. Or else why? Yeah. Hair versus uh, hair match being loser gets their head shaved is the rule of the match. They've already halfway done that. So what's the point? To get the well, other half. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, probably and the plus, real proper catharsis, point. Would... Yeah, catharsis being like he cuts Bubba's hair. Yeah, yeah, the real point's probably gonna be, you know, Bubba Bubba loses and gets, you know, fucking balded. Mm-hmm. Um, what others promo? I mean, you have we have I'll go and do all like the promo package stuff. All that stuff was just like recaps of what we've already seen, slash stuff I talked about. We had one for the Taskmaster and Benoit. We had one for um 
they had one hyping up Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio that was just them doing mo- doing their cool moves. That was pretty sweet. I mean, it is. It's wild to see Baby Mysterio. Oh yeah, very young Rey Mysterio. I know what the hell. It, it, he yeah. he looks he looks so he looks even smaller than normal. Yeah, he does. He's very very small boy. Uh, we the Hogan ego stroke package. He he wasn't it wasn't as long as last week's, but you know, ego yeah, was no. stroked. Ego ego. It, we're we're definitely uh we're definitely praising Hogan for existing. Yeah, not no timetable on that return though. It's just yeah, like, no. Man. We're we're He'll all just there. so we're all just like they're Bischoff and Co are just constantly nutting that that wrestling Jesus himself has like been kind enough to grace them with his presence. Nutting, but not the big nut. Because not that that, big... that that's Randy Savage. I don't I... get that. Why? What? What does it mean? I don't know why they call started calling him the big nut either, but I'm gonna keep laughing about it. This is the catch for this is this is the macho man uh nickname that never caught on. I can is think the of big a nut. Nuts. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm the big nut. Oh yeah, the top tier shoe. No, 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 stop, stop it right now. God, yeah, I don't know why they keep calling Randy Savage the big nut. Okay, I guess we just have to live with that for a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have fun with it while I can. <laughs> God. Um, uh, let's see. What else? I'm pretty sure that's all the major video package stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, move on back to the math stuff, and we can be done. Uh, Sting versus Ming. Wow, didn't think it did. Yeah, I, I, before. I, I didn't realize Doctor Seuss booked this match. <laughs> I can't do Seuss rhymes, so that's um, the end of the um, joke. Uh, uh, and then this corner, uh, um, the Valiant Sting, um, the natural opponent, of course, to the Ming Mad Ming. I don't know. The, the Ming well, we Mad tried. Ming. Close enough. We tried. We tried. Um, look, look, give, give me, give me a, give me a couple hours and a, and a pen and some paper and I'll have a whole knockoff parody book cooked up about this. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Save that for the next time we do in WCW. Bring that up again. Yeah. Uh, so the Stinger, uh, you know, get to sing his theme, have some fun, you know, play it. He 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 has a pretty basic match with Ming. He gets mm. the W. You think may, I was? You think Sting's only match of the night? But no. Nope. He steps up to that plate to go up against good old Ricky. Yep. And then here we go. One of two matches on the night was not a fan of. We got Jim Duggan and Squire David Taylor. I've been talking so much mad shit about Jim Duggan on this podcast, but David hasn't got to experience that until today. <laughs> See, the Jim Duggan-ness of it all was kind of like unpronounced relatively, but I could like still feel the secondhand cringe of it all. I just don't understand like why their big Murica boy also leans into being a fucking idiot. I don't quite know why either. It feels like accidental ironic commentary, but like I mm. why? Also accidental ironic commentary of the fact that he cheats to win and everybody lets him get away with it. 
Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, it, it strikes me that both of these matches, I think, where we weren't fans, we're just here like, ref, ref, ref. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, God, we're what's-his-face from, from New Generation. <laughs> oh, God. We're what's-his-face. Fuck, fuck. The, 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 the other NFL dude who worked at WWF. Oh, yeah, Walter Payton. Or yeah, Walter Payton. yeah, yeah. Austin and I were being Walter Payton over here. Like, like, like he's just doing shit and, and, and getting away with it, and the ref just doesn't seem to care. And poor Squire is just kind of, like, bearing the brunt of it. And we're just like, ref? Raf, tengo preguntas. Yeah. So it's a it's a very blah match of Duggan doing his Duggan stuff. A lot of a lot of of yelling ho, and then everybody does it with him, and him getting you doing USA chants. He really does carry him, a four by four, doesn't he? Yeah, he carries that carries that carries that big stick. I assume. I'd assume that's a, a clever Teddy Roosevelt joke, but also I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. All I all I could think he of He certainly when, doesn't speak softly, so that can't be it. You know, all I could think of when he like walked out was like, man, did did I wonder if like Pokemon stole this design for Timber? You know that one like fighting type clown <laughs> Pokemon who carries around the four the, the four by four or whatever? Like that's 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 what we got here. I'm gonna have to look into that. See how yeah. See how that he's 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 one of my faves. I just think it's delightful. Um, but yeah, it's, it's literally just that where he's got it like you know he's up on the shoulder and he's got the flag in the other hand and it's like, oh boy, this certainly is Murica. Yeah, but it's like I've, stupid I've... surface level Murica, where the Murica we get is like dumb redneck has flag and carries wood like i said he's 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 one-dimensional and boring even for america gimmick yeah at least it's not like at least it's not like um horribly aggressively offensive like some other america characters we've we've encountered here but but dear lord and i think the part that gets to me the most is how stupid ass popular he is like it works as well as literally anything else on the show. I mean, it's the 80s. What do you expect? It's 96. Oh, shit. It is 96. Why do I think it's the 80s? I don't know. It's 96. What probably, do you expect? Probably because it fits in the 80s, which he was in the WWF at the time. Yeah. Um, was he stupid popular there, too? Yep. Well, there you go. He's always been very, very popular doing this exact thing does he still get like looked back on fondly yes people still look back fondly on jim duggan and it's like no why suck. why okay I, well this uh, i always appreciate when austin spews the hot takes that'll like really get some hardcores mm -hmm. pissed off with us because that means i get a break for once yeah yeah so yeah, the match is a whole lot of whatever until suddenly Jim Duggan pulls a roll of tape out of his shorts and starts taping his fist up, and then he punches Squire David Taylor in the fit in the in the face with the fist. And again, the ref sees him tape his fist up. The tape, the, rest, the rolling the, tape, is is literally hanging dangling. off of his hand. And the ref does nothing about this and just the, as as as, as he has Squire pinned, uh, the ref is looking 
and counting on the side that the like tape hand is is on um and he literally when he declares jim duggan the victor he holds him up by the tape hand yep the the ref makes zero effort to actually you know enforce the rules and just lets duggan do this why Oh. I don't I don't get it either. I don't know why they decided this was the character direction for Jim Duggan. Um, but whatever. It happened. It's moving on. Uh, the Giant fought Scott Norton. Well, it wasn't as fast as he killed Ice Train, but you know. That was close. Pretty close. <laughs> yeah, he, he kind of he murders Scott Norton and then um what after the match? He he didn't do that again. I forget what I forget how the match or the end of this match goes. Um, like he attack. He doesn't. He, I'm pretty sure he attacks somebody else. Yeah, I think he and I think he takes. I think the two of them just take it outside the ring. I think it's the same guy. I'm pretty sure they. Oh yeah, both. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. He yeah. He he choke slams him on the floor, mm -hmm. and then and that basically was like, well, good night, <laughs> and. From there, everybody ran out, and then he kind of was like, "Well, my work here is done." Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, it was oh, Luger, um, oh, the Luger thing happens. It's yeah, the Luger, Luger thing comes happens. out, and then they like tear up Ric Flair's fancy feast table. I know, hang out out there. It's it, like it, I like I said, he spent. He spent a bunch of Sat Randy Savage's money on that. <laughs> He's getting a good return on his investment, I have to say. Yeah. God. Um, yeah. so yeah, the rip the feast table before Flair can dig into it. Although I really have to question how often he actually eats those feasts, but as in me. Whatever. I mean, who are you to doubt the nature boy? True. Very true. How could I? It's it's a, yeah. a true sin on my part. <laughs> So they, they go fighting, and eventually the dungeon comes out to support this giant, and that's what makes Luger leave. And as I said, as I said what, a, what a great sign of the dungeon of doom right now. Of like, <laughs> You have the giant. He's the world champion. Great. Then you got the taskmaster, Kevin Sullivan, Jimmy Hart, uh, Ming. You have uh, Hugh Morris, Big Bubba Rogers. Like, what, what, a, great, what a great collective of guys you got left. I still don't. Hugh Morris, what? I, just, I, I still have so much trouble wrap, my, wrapping my head around that one specifically. What? what? Do, do, you, do you want to know what they changed his name to when Vince Russo showed up? Oh, Christ, what? Hugh G. Rection. You know what? No, no, I'm out. I'm done. No, podcast <laughs> is canceled. I can't do this anymore, dude. I'm, I'm fucking done. We're not. We can't even. I, this is this is ridiculous. This is insane. What, what, what? Okay, I'm back. All right. Yes, that's the uh, WCW under Vince Russo was a hell of a time for a very much a story for another time. Oh, but what a time.
was Hugh-G-rection. Uh, first, but for now, it's just Hugh Morris. Vince Russo makes me sad. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how that ends. And then we get Lord Steven Regal destroying poor Billy Kidman in under a minute. Yep, Where yeah. Billy Kidman. I mean, I mean... Uh, um, all hail, all hail the tea drinker. Um, may we, may we forever bask in his glory, us unworthy. Yep, he, is, he is here to destroy all the filthy, filthy, crappy wrestlers then. And because he is bringing dignity and respect back to wrestling. We, we I don't know need. why. Maybe it's just kind of like, maybe it's just cause I'm a really stupid Anglophile. I'm hugely in the tank for Lord Steven Regal. I don't know Lord why. Steven Regal is great. He is great. I love him. I don't know. Grow, grow, growing up with a British grandpa really, really like makes you a sucker for this kind of bullshit. Hey, and he also has fantastic facial expressions, as we see he when Sting does. shows when Sting shows up after the match, and he slaps Stephen <laughs> Regal one time, and Regal was just like sitting there, being like. Ugh. <laughs> yeah like he he uh, he's a complete buffoon and it's it's amazing. great it's great and like that smug little smile he gives whenever he calls people peasants he just seems so mm -hmm. pleased with himself and i'm like yeah you do you buddy yeah <laughs> oh boy okay uh the public enemy versus the nasty boys it sucked yeah um yeah uh, um, up there with ref. Jim Duggan, I hate the nasty boys. Yeah, you've already, somehow that's already come up once in the fucking wrestlelicious episode. I forget how I brought. I, I forget how I brought. Because that up. one of the nasty boys showed up, probably as a favorite of Jimmy Hart. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was in, oh yeah, he was in the the the. Are you smarter than a fifth grader parody? That's yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Yeah. Anyway, this match. Uh, listen, listen. So, the Nasty Boys aren't very good. I know that the I know that they were popular with the fans of the time. I don't know how, but they were. <laughs> They're terrible. But also, uh, the Public Enemy. So, uh, I'm gonna preface this by saying that the the hardcore <laughs> wrestling is as much an art form as any other type of professional wrestling. However, it's also the easiest to do if you're not good at wrestling, like, yeah. or at least the easiest to like be popular with, you know, yeah. you know, you can throw a, you can throw a shitty clothesline or you can hit someone with a chair. One of those is going to be significantly more popular than the other. And so there's a lot of heart. There are some wrestlers, I would say, uh, you know, they do hardcore wrestling because they aren't that good at anything else. Anyway, the public enemy. Uh, they're stupid. They own. Uh, they suck, and their dance moves are lame. They wear Doing hockey the, jerseys. They wear hockey jerseys. Uh, I did appreciate I, that. Yeah, is the '69 one. Yeah, yeah. So, so one of them is '69 on the back, and the other just says zero, 0 And I made the comment to Austin of of Wow, they could only think of one funny two digit number. It's the other, they yep. just. Like threw up their hands and did two zeros instead. They should have figured out a way to like try to get a third one and do four twenty. Like, yeah, I know. But the match is complete nonsense because the ref doesn't do shit. 
the rest until of the, the end. The whole thing is messy. Like, the entire match is messy. Yep, it is a messy ending, but also the whole match. Yeah, <laughs> a messy ending, but also the whole beautiful. Yeah, they're just they're they're punching and punching, and they're they're throwing weapons at each other. And then it ends it when when uh, Rocco Rock of the Public Enemy goes to go goes leaves the match to go get a fucking trash can. And then he chucks the trash can at one of the nasty boys, and the ref calls a DQ. Yeah, that's what finally gets the DQ. Not the constant breaking of rules beforehand. Not the fact that they're completely like just shitting on the tag team rules the entire time. Oh no, it was the trash can that took it too far. It was the I... it was the Danny DeVito. It was. Yeah, I I have become the thing I hate a person who complains about rules in a tag team match. I can't even hate that sort of behavior. Like, like, like you gotta have structure, dude. I don't know. Just going to go la 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 and go watch some young bucks matches. But anyway, God. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was infuriatingly stupid and a drag and dumb. And, and I probably wouldn't yuck. complain about it nearly as much if it wasn't so fucking long. Why was it so long? How long did that match run? 11 minutes 30 seconds the second longest match on the show it went through like two ad breaks yeah it it? went through an ad it went through at least one ad break and now it's so bad so unnecessary the only thing i'm happy i didn't have to watch was the spot where the nasty boys will like stick their opponents into their armpits you know what it's the small mercies (laughs) Yeah, because that's you. You get the joke of that, but it's also stupid. It's really. <laughs> and I'm glad stupid. I didn't have to, you know, see it. But yeah, otherwise, uh, bleh. Stupid, bad. Uh, it, about thirty seconds in, I got the gist of it, and then I had to watch for another eleven fucking minutes. Yep. Nope, it was awful. I hate both these teams, to be honest. <laughs> True. May uh, we I... never have to curse our eyeballs with them again. You know, it can't even be, at least in ECW, the public enemy was actually putting people through tables all the time. So, you know, at least there's that. Respectable. But, you know, here, they're not, they're not, they're not doing as many table spots. They're not doing any in this mat. So then it's like, why do why am I here? Why am I watching yeah. you? Yeah, what's the point? Anyway, the the main event where the WCW brass uh, uh, um, uh, uh, rewarded Arn Anderson and Ric Flair for beating the shit out and hospitalizing their opponents by giving them a world title match (laughs) with the champions. The stinging Luger. Yeah, uh, uh, I gotta say the company's got a really interesting like tournament business model here of like, of like, I guess the 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 worse you you fuck up your opponents, the the more respectable you are as a title contender. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's perfect. That explains yeah. why the giant keeps destroying everybody. He's got to show himself. The giant to be keeps a... destroying everybody. Explains why show... they're why why they are ultimately cool with letting Scott Hall and 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 Kevin Nash like you know unsolicited show up and threaten to just like kind of murk some of their best talent. Mm-hmm. You know, because they actually enjoy watching that chaos. Yeah, actually more blood for the blood god. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, 
Okay, WCW sacrifices to a blood god. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. All checks out. So yeah, uh, yeah, Luger and Sting, uh, and Arn and, and Rick. It's it's pretty it's it's pretty solid considering it's not surprising considering all four men involved. Legends, yeah, no, all all technically very very gifted performers, mm-hmm. and yeah, it it just it just it just plays off well. I don't have all that much in depth commentary to add to this one. They just do their they just do their work and they do it well, and it's nice mm-hmm. to it's nice to see. I it's it's just the the cool thing about visiting eras like these is it's fun to see like some of the history's most historic figures. Um, do their thing in their prime um or you know for as you said for rick a bit past his prime um and just kind of get an appreciation for why they are viewed the way they are that was that was just kind of what this match was for me of seeing all of that come together um and all uh, the, the main interesting thing for me is that we didn't really get like any any of the character tiff between uh between sting and luger yeah, they seem to have backed off of that for the moment, I guess, to kind of like focus on the stuff with the giant. I'm assuming yeah. that's why they made that kind of decision. But like, I don't even know why they would back off that for the giant stuff when the giant doesn't show up until toward until like after the match is called, and like they could still very easily play into that great rift happening while still you know bringing the giant in and making a thing out of it i don't yeah, know I think, it was slightly weird yeah. they decide so so flagrantly yeah they don't really touch on it at all that's kind of that was kind of disappointing yeah but i i did enjoy i enjoyed flair and anderson uh just kind of flopping around like cartoon characters <laughs> When they were on the defensive, that's that's one of their funny. That's like so funny to me. Is watching. Oh God, I love I love Ric Flair begging when he's on his knees begging for mercy. <laughs> I know. I love I love watching Ric Flair go from this like you know smug ass domineering you know ultimate ultimate motherfucker um to just this, then takes this, one this punch, mewling, <laughs> cowering little little shit. Um, who just who who couldn't uh um who doesn't have the the dignity to to be a piece of shit on the bottom of his opponent's boot like it's so mm-hmm. it's so it's so great right yeah. for the legendary heel to kind of have that ultimate uh that ultimate version of the archetype going yeah yeah, Flair is great. Um, mm-hmm. this this match does also end in a DQ because the giant shows up to ruin the day. Yeah, of course. And then it gets really messy, doesn't it? A whole bunch of people. Yeah, it, it yeah it, it 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 was a redux of the la- of last week, and so that that disappointed me. That it just kind of did the same thing again, except this time Scott Steiner brought out a wooden ass chair, and they clocked the giant in the head with it a couple of times. You know, they say all chairs are created equal. <laughs> Oof. It also weirdly ends in the giant having more dignity than the last time. Like he, like, he, like when it was the three of them last week with no chair, they kind of like throw him out of the ring, and then he, and then he's like, "All right, all right, I'm leaving." And then this week he like takes the chair shot, but then he like stands tall to keep fighting them, and then decides to leave. I was like, yeah. "Okay, they came off stronger last time." Yeah, Bill, switch the, uh... that around. 
I mean, I mean, it is again. I'm biased toward Big Show slash slash uh, Giant. I'm I'm cool with him having the dignity here. Mm-hmm. And then that ends is when we go off air. We start doing the NWO stuff as we yeah yeah, which was dope as hell as yep. we already said. Yeah, so that that's our episode of the week. Not not one of the stronger ones. Um, they they seemed they they were ve- I felt very much like they were in a holding pattern. For mm-hmm. the Great American Bash. They yeah, everything's set, so they're just like yeah, we're gonna cruise control our way to the finish line. But with one big thing to you know, with one big story beat to follow of of uh, the NWO stuff. And it'll be real exciting to see to see that play out. I mean, it is it's it's interesting to me too because um we've hit uh you know in the past month multiple um um anniversaries as it were. Um because we had the you know the the Hulk Hogan showing up to NWO anniversary recently, and before that we had the pipe bomb promo anniversary. Um I guess just a lot of these yeah, it's ten, uh, like 10 year 10 years for the pipe bomb uh 25 for the NWO start. Yeah, it's kind of cool that like both of these very huge moments uh, in like wrestling media meta commentary whatever happened about 15 years apart, you know, within a b- month of each other. Um Yeah. And they're both, you know, after we've covered, you know, the the former extensively and the latter as, uh, you know, uh, the start of a whole new saga. Um, it's kind of cool that we have um, that 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 we are celebrating both of those, you know, the their uh, landmark anniversaries for both around the around the time for us. I don't know. I'm just getting a kick out of that. Yeah, it's pretty. I, I think that's pretty cool too. Getting to talk talk about this stuff like in this anniversary year at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I didn't even if I didn't time it out to the where we could get it a little more precise, definitely. I think that's definitely a cool aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, do do I do I want to wait till twenty twenty four to talk about the Daniel Bryan story? Hmm. Get it on the ten year anniversary though. Oh God. Maybe I don't know. Well, I'll think about it anyway. Hmm. Next time. Uh, it's time to return to speaking of like interesting anniversaries is today was the six year anniversary of the birth of the women's revolution, which I'm not going to talk about that segment for a couple more months of this, but it's time to return to NXT. Uh, Charlotte Flair is still the champion uh, beating Bailey at NXT takeover fatal four way, but Mm-hmm. Sasha Banks has clearly positioned herself as as a top challenger going forward, and it's kind of a question of where where we go from here as we build to NXT Takeover Our Evolution. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited! It's yep. so good and makes me happy. Yeah, very excited to see that. Uh, get back to that. Come on, no, no, Austin, no, Austin, no. Well, Austin's dead. Hey, home listener, how you doing? It's been a while since we've talked. It's, uh, we're having a grand old time here on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. 
please ignore all of the... Oh, you're back. I'm back. Okay. Anyway. Uh, you're you're still frozen, but I can hear you. So hit the plugs, please. Yes. God, Christ. Okay. Hello, friends. Whether I'm frozen or moving, uh, either way, we greatly appreciate you joining us once again for another installment of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums. We are absolutely delighted to have you continue to join us week after week. If you are a first-time uh, uh, listener, viewer, what have you, uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are delighted to have you, uh, and we hope to uh, have you back sometime. If you would like to continue to keep joining us for these uh, for these wild, wacky stories, and you're not entirely sure how to do so, I will tell you. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. Subscribe to us. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make sure it goes all solid colored and everything, all that good stuff. Uh, uh, you know, make sure you get those notifications every time we drop a new episode. Uh, check out check out our, uh, our wonderfully organized story arc playlist if you want to follow dedicatedly any one of our storylines all the way through. Austin is kind enough to organize all of those into individual playlists on the YouTube page. Uh, add us to your playlist in whatever damn order you please. Um, you know, just uh, just uh, and, and you know those comments, those likes, all that good stuff. We love it. Uh, you can also find us on three of the best places to find your podcast, which are Spotify, Apple, and Google. Uh, you know, give us those ratings, give us those follows, download our stuff so you can listen to us offline. All that good stuff. Uh, that's kind of like the main one of the main uh, best ways to to join us. Uh, we love we love getting that uh, that uh, audio participation from everybody, um, and you know just the little things you can do to to boost our metrics. Tell the algorithm, hey, these guys are pretty cool. Is always greatly appreciated. You can also find us on social media. First of all, mainly on our Twitter at Noobs and Noxpod. That's Noobs, the letter N, Noxpod. Uh, you can. Uh, you can talk to uh, you. You can you can check out our our all of our wonderful tweets. We uh, we engage with the broader wrestling fandom on a, uh, as as a whole. Uh, we tweet out we tweet out all these you know great little uh, insights and memes and everything. Um, uh, we post every time a new episode drops. Uh, and Austin is kind enough to live tweet his wrestling viewing experience. My friend, what is coming up on the docket this week? Yes. So as always. Uh, we I live tweet AEW Dynamite every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on TNT because it is the one most consistent thing that I watch live. So why don't we just turn all my wrestling viewership into content? So coming up this week will be AEW Fighter Fest Night Two. They're on their return to the road. They're doing a uh, live. They're doing themed shows every single week. Uh, mm. Should be very exciting. Um, I was trying to pull up what matches are on the card, but I didn't think of that until just now. So sorry. How I have that for the next one. Um, then, uh, but as always, I do keep up with uh, WWE and Impact as well. So every time we have an Impact uh, WWE or um, AEW pay per view, we'll also live tweet that as well. Uh, this time, uh, net to coming out the day that this drops. June, uh, July 18th is Money in the Bank 2021. Uh, 10 year is 10 years since the since Money in the Bank 2011. Obviously, we've covered on this show. Uh, should be a very fun show. Right now, our match card is the Money in the Bank ladder match for the world for the for a world championship match opportunity. 
between Ricochet, the former Prince Puma, John Morrison, the former Johnny Mundo, Matt Riddle, Drew McIntyre, Big E, Kevin Owens, King Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins. All phenomenally talented wrestlers. Should be a fantastic match. Then we also have the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match for a Women's Championship match between Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss. She's been on this show, but not anywhere close to the same character. Uh, Nikki Cross, Liv Morgan, Zelina Vega, Natalya Neidhart, and one other person to be determined. Um, Nice. But for the WWE Championship will be Big Bobby Lashley, the almighty champion, versus Kofi Kingston. Uh, could still rooting for Kofi to become WWE Champion again. Would be Lisa. Uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, the champion, the Raw Women's Champion, taking on Charlotte Flair. Uh, we have Roman Reigns, the Universal Champion, the Tribal Chief, acknowledge him against Edge, and then. We have the Raw Tag Team Championship match. AJ Styles and almost the champions taking on the Viking Raiders. Eric and Ivar. Their character is what you think it is. Um, that is what we have right now as of this date of recording. Uh, there is still, as of this recording, there's still one episode of Friday Night SmackDown to go that will probably finish up some a couple of small details. But for now, that is what we have. Nice. And, uh, you, can so- get, and you can watch that. Uh, on Peacock, uh, I explained the Peacock pricing earlier in the episode, but that is that does air live as it at eight at uh, set eight p.m. Eastern. Indeed. So be sure to check. Be sure to check all of that out. If not the episodes themselves, at the very least, uh, Austin's wonderful little live tweets. Uh, he 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 always puts out some really some really uh, uh, great observations, funny, insightful, uh, all that good stuff. Be sure to check it out. It is awesome. You can also email us. We have a Gmail account. It is uh, noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That is noobs the word and this time knockoutspod at gmail.com. Pop in, say hi, tell us what you think of the show, give us suggestions of things you want to see future on the show just tell us how lovely 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 our voices are all all, any sort of interaction we just love it when people say hi and we would love to say hi back to you and finally you can subscribe to us on our patreon we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon one dollar a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode see you guys next time hasta luego